The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Kev, you're a rugby man, and I, I loosely remember that um, this time of year when I when I was in school and we played rugby, um, no weather stopped rugby, but Jack, our Jack, came home the other day, black and blue, Kev. They'd been doing um, tackle practice, if you pardon the expression, um, on the uh, on the on the grass uh, out the playing fields with uh, like three inches of frost and ice on the top of it. Good, that's how it should be. <laughs> it's not how it should be, Kev. Yeah, that's how that's how uh, that's how little rugby players become big rugby players. Oh, well, it's how it's, it's how they come home black and blue. Sure, uh, surely, you, I suppose you did play, didn't you? In all weathers like this, <laughs> played in much worse. Makes a real played man. In- and unless you're in, unless your limbs hanging off, you're not coming in. I played in all kinds of weather: snow, rain, hail, sleet. Yeah, that's bad. It's brilliant. That's proper rugby. It's not good, this it's summer not, sports. That's it, why cricket's playing in summer because it's pointless. <laughs> oh, Kev, <laughs> this could be bigger than Boxgate. I did. I did. Um, funny enough, I was editing. Um, was it a couple of weeks ago? And I did mention cricket. And you did. You did make a what I thought was that a disparaging comment. Or was that something about the television? Oh, I said, well, was, there wasn't much. The, I think you said somebody had got up early to watch the cricket, and I said, I bet you wish he hadn't bothered now. <laughs> England. Well, actually, it's uh, before I before anybody accuses me of being anti-English cricket. It is the England and Wales cricket board. Yes, and yeah. uh, so Wales are part of the England cricket team, even but, though they just call it England because they're like that English cricket team, England and Wales cricket team. Yeah. Um, anyway, they got totally thumped. They did. Yeah. By well, they, they, they started fighting back a little bit, but you're not a cricket fan then. I wouldn't call it fighting back. I would call it waving their little sticks a little like, bit harder at the other men in white. <laughs> we'll say this to Kev. He's not a cricket fan. The Fuji cast. But anyway, I'd rather watch my freeze defrost and watch chance of winning as well. Uh, I'll see it. I've always we, we have had this thing about sports not being sport. When is a sport not a sport? Uh, a sport it's is cricket. not a, well. <laughs> a sport is not a sport when you can play it in a pub. Yeah, I've, I've never fair. you know darts, um, chess, chess, snooker. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, we've opened up a can of worms here, Kev. We really. Have you oh, thought? Well, no. If we're talking about sports, you play in a pub. But I'll be on cricket on uh, rugby tours. I've played plenty of sports in pubs, <laughs> including rugby. <laughs> Have you played rugby in a pub? Yeah. Oh, yeah, easily. Just move all the tables out of the way. There was an episode in Tallinn where we got thrown out of that place. What? For doing a scrum down in the bar? No, I would talk about this in episode three or something. I'm not, I'm not going to mention it ever again. <laughs> oh, go back and listen to episode... Was it episode three? I can't remember. Oh, but wherever it was. Well, welcome it, along. You and your, your questions from our electronic mailbag and our thoughts about cricket. Uh, and of course also through the Fujicast private Facebook group that you're welcome to become a part of if you'd like to send a mail through click at fujicast.co.uk if you are not a Fujifilm shooter do not worry it's a big community whatever flavour you shoot you're very very welcome Um, we um, had a bit of sort of spam gate last week Kev um, where I was thinking where are all the emails and there they were, residing perfectly within the spam filter of my of my email system. And I can't quite work out because some were coming through and some were just being spam, 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 wonderful spammed, weren't they? They were, indeed, because I'd been seeing them because they flick through, yeah. they come through my my email box like an Exocet missile and I just delete them because I know they're coming to you and then you weren't getting them. I oh, know, it was weird, but I've got them now. 
Is that your, that'll be your Apple Mail system, I expect. <laughs> only only allows you to see emails that make you buy things from Apple. That's not true. No, it's a third-party email system I use that goes and talks to Google, but clearly not very well. <laughs> but it's sorted now. Um, we've got we've got a few bits of uh, of news. Oh, um, interview-wise, it's the last week of the uh, of some of our archive stuff, and then we're on to a new season of interviews from next week. Um, but then also we have some. Some news about, uh, about. I, I just sorry, just just go back there. I'm what? not sure about the word season. Season? Why? It's very American, isn't it? Well, we, when, lot... we didn't have see, we didn't have TV seasons when we were well, kids. We had serials, didn't we? Series, series, and serials. Series. Next, se- nothing against Americans and their Americanism words. No, because half. Albie, our, I said to Harvey the other day, Kev, Kev, half our audience are American. I just. No, but that's absolutely fine. They can call it seasons. We'll call it a series. New series of interviews. Um, well, how do you say tutorial? Tutorial. What? Tutor- say it again. Tutorial. Tutorial. Yes. Yeah. You don't say tutorial, do you? No. How how does uh, Thomas and Jack say tutorial? Tutorial. <laughs> I would mm. imagine. I've never asked them. Boys. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, and all the kids of his age say tutorial. Oh well, they've probably got that from something like I don't know. Well, it's because it's what they all say on YouTube, isn't T- it? Tickety tock tock TikTok. Up ten tips on my tutorial today for how to become a better photographer. Tutorial, tutorial, tutorial. tutorial. <laughs> new season, new season. Okay, no, I think tutorial, that, okay, and it's a series. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, you've upset Thank all you. the all the cricket players, and you've upset all the Americans now, Kev. I, no, I'm not upsetting the Americans. I don't care about the cricket players, but the Americans, I'm not upsetted. I'm just making a difference. A difference. Tutorial. Uh, semantic difference. No, it's not semantics, is it? It's uh, vocal. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, I love you, America. Um, so, a new series of interviews. Um, That's right. <laughs> from next week. <laughs> and some of them may be, may be uh, tutorial based. <laughs> Which they won't, of course. But <laughs> no, you just wanted a, an opportunity. I tell you what, I'm going to go find myself a cricket playing Fuji film um, enthusiast. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, uh, we, well, that's Steve Vaughan. Steve Vaughan loves his cricket, doesn't he? Two weeks of cricket. Does he? Is he? Oh, he does, doesn't he? He does. He shoots Sony now. That's what happens when you like cricket. <laughs> All things, everything goes wrong in your life. Kev, <laughs> in camera brands. Kev's very feisty this week, isn't he? Uh, hey. Yeah. What is it? Is it the cold weather? No, I love the cold weather. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I love the cold weather. I really like. I, I'm looking out my window now. It's beautiful. I've got this. They built at the end of my where my studio is. I've got a big window, and they've built some. It looks almost like a Norwegian. Ski oh, I've seen pattern. it. Yeah, it looks cool, doesn't it? Yeah, look, it's very yeah. cool actually. It's finished now. It took, it took them a long time. Yeah, long time. Out of money. Yeah. But it's finished now, and the sun bounces off it beautifully. It's got this lovely, like, rosewood colour to it, and the sun is bouncing off it. It's glistening with frost. So all of it comes off the building and into your building? No, no, no. There's a car park in between. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because every time I look at it, though, I just want to go skiing again. Well, you haven't been skiing for years, Kev. I offered you to go skiing years ago, and you you sort of said, yeah, we'll do that, and we never never did. 13 years. 13 years. Last time I went skiing. I'd like to to see you doing it now. I'd love to do it. I've still got my skis. I've still got my boots. Oh, have I got my boots? No, I think we got rid of the boots. What do they say? All the gear. Things started growing in the boots. (laughs) What? Oh, that's disgusting. Um, But yeah, no, I've still got my skis, I think. Head, oh, right, yeah. The skis have changed shape uh, quite a lot over over the last few years, Kev. (laughs) Those great big carvers you've got that you could just stand stand any sort of piece of cattle on and send it down, and it would still be able to ski down. They don't exist anymore, Kev. Everything's a lot faster. Good, I like that. Send speed. Send him down. I mean, essentially, you could stick two cricket bats, 
one on each one on each foot, you'd be closer to the real thing now. Yeah, so there is some use for them. <laughs> there is. Right, website, before you get in trouble with that anymore. You know what you need, Kev? You need a drink dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't had a drink. I know. And I'm not missing until you mentioned it. I hadn't even thought about it new- today. <laughs> Oh, well, fine. I'm not missing it at all. I have to say, I'm, I'm really, and I'm very surprised about that. Malmesbury's last remaining five pubs have gone out of business, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen anybody for a long time, but there you go. <laughs> That's it. Um, right, website. The web- We've had a few issues with the website, haven't we? Um, it's, yes. It's, it's gremlins, um, but, uh, but that in sort of redesign stage or something isn't it yeah so the website currently in its in its current form works in that every monday the new show gets sucked up onto it and you can click on the play button and you can listen to the show if you listen to it via the website which a vast majority of people do not they listen on podcast players or spotify by the way if you do listen on the spotify app i think just on your mobile right now you can uh you can give ratings to podcasts now Mm. on spotify Mm. You know, without without telling you what to do, if you give us a five star rating, then that would be good. <laughs> Spotify, of course, un- and it's one of those platforms where you you can have stuff suggested to you. And of course, uh, podcasts have never worked like that traditionally, have they? There's sort of all this code in the air, and you go and sort of take it down from the cloud in some kind of out al- with with an alchemic route and listen to it and that's it's never been it's never been algorithmically driven has it uh, and so uh, po- podcasts uh, i'm not sure i've never re- yeah i i have never i have to say i've never seen spotify suggest a podcast to me oh i i get um I'm sure as far I, as i'm aware yeah. but I, I think i might have switched off the podcast tab i don't really listen to many podcasts i have right. to say yeah. on spotify yeah uh, Music-wise, it's brilliant. Honest to God, it seems to know my mood every day. It seems to know what I want to listen to. It says you need to do a deep dive into this artist. And All I'm right, like, yeah, well, you're right. Spotify, I'm going in. Call up your your app on your phone and tell me what it th- what mood it thinks you're in today. Then oh, look at that! It has actually just given me a spay podcast. Mine is Cowgirl in the Sand by Annie Keaton. Is that a, an uplifting country track? I don't know. I don't think I've heard it. It's followed up by Bob Fitzgerald's big B1G, which is an A song. I went to school with him. Right. Anyway, so, so back to the website. Yes. It's uh, And so it's still working in that the, every Monday you'll still get the show and you can press play and listen to it, but I can't edit it any longer. So I can't edit the page notes and put links and all of that kind of stuff. So we're going to start, we're essentially going to start over, aren't we? Instead of having, instead of thinking, right, Kev, there's an uphill, there's a big one in three gradient for you. Redesign a website and put everything on there that was there before. You're going to start from day one and then grad- gradually go backwards. Yeah, so the plan is, uh, I'm not exactly sure when it will happen, but um, sometime soon, because the sooner it happens, the better it is for both me, you, and uh, our dear listeners. Yeah. I will set up a new site on Squarespace, and we will start from 2022 episodes. Yes. Yeah. That's the way it will work. The old Fujicast website will then disappear from uh, from the real world, although it will still exist in, in some capacity because I'll need to then dig into it on a hidden domain and slowly over the next 35 years move the content from uh, from the previous one. Oh, tell me, Kev, we're still not we're not still doing this in 35 years, surely. <laughs> oh, no. That's right. the plan. So, yeah, expect a shiny new Squarespace site in the next, oh, I don't know, six or seven years. Okay. <laughs> light, light years. Right, let's start with questions. you want to go Facebook or email Ooh. first? Yeah, I've totally forgotten about the questions. Hang on, let me just... <laughs> we uh, are 10 minutes in, Kev. Shall I go with one from... from yeah, the, yeah, you go for it. Yeah. Okay, Mike, Mike Miller. 
Hi, KFI Neil. I hope you both continue to be well. Yada, yada, yada. Um, I've noticed, uh, nearly says, I've noticed you quite often as a term of endearment, I think, refer to Kev as your reprobate, reprobate, I can't even say it, reprobate friend Mullins. Yeah, it was... Drinks reception. reception. I think it comes back from something my father used to say about one of his friends. He didn't even know me. No, not you. One of his, <laughs> one of his friends. One day, son, you're going to meet a reprobate. His name is called Kevin. <laughs> yeah. I've often thought this is one of those uh, British expressions. When I looked up the meaning of the word, there were several somewhat uncomplimentary definitions. Uh, Or any of these you, Kev? An unprincipled or depraved person? Scoundrel? Rogue? Uh, No, I think I'm principled. Might be a bit of a rogue. Are you morally corrupt? (laughs) (laughs) Hang hang on, let me just get Boris Johnson on the line. You can ask him. Depraved. I don't think of you as depraved. (laughs) Foreordained to damnation. My God, what were you looking up, Mike? Archaic. Rejected as worthless or not standing a test. Condemned. Oh, I re- I've been rejected as worthless. Have you? Who by? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's why we ended up getting divorced. Oh, <laughs> see. Which of these definitions do you best feel describes Kev? Kind regards from Mike. Oh, I don't know. I'm just going to call him a scoundrel because scoundrel, I think, is a real term. You know, when somebody's a scoundrel, you like it, don't you? Everybody wants to be a bit of a scoundrel, don't they, Kev? Monty's a scoundrel. Yeah, he is. A, he's a he's a proper scoundrel. Yeah. All right. Well, that wasn't really right. a, qu- a question, but it was something from Mike. Thank thanks for the observation, Mike. Meanwhile, into uh, Facebook land. What have we got, Kev? Okay, so from the new shiny thread, I'm trying to do them in order, but there's been a lot of questions coming in, so that's all good. Michael Schilling. Oh, Michael Schilling. Hello, Michael. Happy New Year, ages. Ages. Uh, I know, yeah. I'm going to stop saying Happy New Year when people write Happy New Year now because these are written a a week or so ago. Uh, And it's now nearly March, isn't it? I'm now on year three of a 365-day project and was wondering if there's folk in the community who've just started a similar daily or weekly project for 2022 or are continuing on with something they started in 2021 or earlier. Not so much a question for the show as a question for the community that could perhaps be asked or explored on the show. A non-alcoholic cheers from Michael. <laughs> three six fives. I, I uh, three years of doing a three six five. Three year. That is amazing. I I read a any. How many le- days is that? Uh, oh, <laughs> you get your calculator. I get the calculator. Out. <laughs> so much. Right. So you can calculate first. One thousand ninety-five. <laughs> <laughs> but I've heard of somebody the other day who had been doing one for no, since two thousand and eight, and he was on his five thousandth in a row. Good Lord. I mean, that is an effort, Kev, isn't it? I, I do still look at that page. I can't remember what it's called now, but um, and one nice photo a day, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. It's, the, isn't with, it? It's nice that. Or, it's nice that. Yeah. yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. I do like that. Or the day, no, the daily nice. Daily nice. The daily nice. That's it. The daily nice. Yeah. yeah. Let's see what they're doing today. The daily nice is uh, thedailynice.com. And today it's always a photograph by Jason Evans. Today it's a picture of uh, it's just something on. Look, it could be a, it could be an underground shot. I think it is. It's a circle, a red circle on the ground with arrows going around it. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate 365. He's been doing this for years, hasn't he? Yeah. I'd be interested to see how much traffic and stuff he gets because it's not a, it doesn't have HTTPS or anything, that website. No. I'm sure he gets traffic from us because we talk about it yeah, reasonably yeah. often. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you ever thought of doing one, Kev? No. I find it hard enough to put my socks on every day, let alone take a picture every day. <laughs> But it doesn't have to be a picture. I'm I'm doing a, a gratitude three six five where I write to somebody every day a little note to say thank you. Have you no. had, you haven't had yours yet? I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did write something to you probably last year. I think I do write. I do sometimes thank you, Kev. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh God, how are you going to manage to fit that in along with all of your other stuff? Oh, these aren't long letters. 
these these can be just short emails to say, I've just seen X, really like it. Thanks very much for posting it. Well, sometimes they're longer. My my, I sent a, a re- reasonably long one to Morgan Freeman, which you'll probably never read, and his uh, PR person will probably shove in the bin. But uh, I really appreciate Morgan Freeman. I'm a lot of man love for Morgan Freeman. So it's a, a gratitude three six five, and it actually helps me like a little spring in my step. Um, so, so it doesn't have to be photographic. Uh, no, true. You're right. It doesn't. It doesn't okay. Sound- in that case, I am going to start doing a putting my socks on three six five. <laughs> so far this year, so far, actually, no. There was a couple of weeks last year I failed. Um, <laughs> Sometimes. So you didn't far change. this year, I've been all right. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Actually, I can call it. Uh, oh my word! What's three six five times two? Hold on. Get my calculator back again. I'm going to call it a seven thirty because I have to take them off every night as well. <laughs> Yeah, it, it does not. And actually, down. if we're being realistic, yeah. it's a 1,460 because there's two socks. <laughs> Most days, some days I only put one on. I'm not sure you're embracing this idea properly. <laughs> but if um, No, the but, answer is I could never do a 365, not mm-hmm. photography, but photography. And I, and I applaud your um your um gratitude, yeah, gratitude, gratitude. one yes absolutely I'll just but call no. it gratitude um one from robbie bazell uh xt3 or xt4 question mark i've been a long time shooter of the xt2 and it's been great but i feel it is time for an upgrade i mainly shoot outdoor family portraits and some indoor shooting also i never ever use video would you recommend the xt3 or the xt4 look forward to hearing from you cheers from robbie well, I mean, if you can afford it, straight to the X-T4. I mean, you, you haven't looked back since you've had it, have you? Well, you're correct, but that's that's because I, I shoot in very low light and use the IBIS. I rely on the IBIS yeah. on that camera. Um, so, depending on if he if that's his... Well, if he needs to shoot in low light. Well, he said indoor shooting, and I'm thinking, well, indoor shooting is, yeah. is not always going to be beautifully lit, is it? No, absolutely. So if, if it is indoor shooting and you're not using flash or anything like that, then yeah, the X-T4 is probably a friend. If you do not need the um, in-body image stabilization, then the X-T3 is a better choice because it's identical, uh, exactly the same sensor, exactly the same fairies peddling inside. <laughs> um, you just, the IBIS fairies just hasn't been invited to that party. And uh, it's just a lot cheaper. Did you do? So, um, have I did I dream this, or did you dis- describe the XT4 as the best camera you've had from the Fuji range? Technologically wise, yes. Yeah, I think so. It's made a hell of a lot of difference to your wedding shooting. Yeah, it's given me more confidence. Put it that way. Um, so I've had a couple of weddings that have been particularly dark, uh, low light weddings in the winter, where I've um, you know been shooting at f one point two f one with the fifty mil that I rented. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and happy that I can get away with shooting at F1 at, you know, lower shutter speeds because of the image stabilization. I wouldn't be shooting with the, those lenses in that capacity on the X-T3, I don't think. Forgive my naivety, perhaps, but could the same gubbings work within a, a, a an updated X-Pro body? It depends on the size. So I I would be surprised, again, I have no idea about this, but I would be surprised if they didn't try, at least try and, and get IBIS in the next pro, the next X-Pro body. Because then that would be your, that's that would then be your ultimate camera, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That would immediately take, because I don't like the X-T body. I don't like using the X-T cameras. I just why, don't, why, I, why, I don't what enjoy is, them. Why? Because? Because they're too DSLR-like. They're all angles and shapes, and there's, there's no fun in using the X-T camera yeah. for me. 
I have to say. That's the reason why Fujifilm created two, by the way. That's why the X-Pro exists and the X-T exists, because we're all different and they've given us options, they've given us choices. So, so built, built I around. don't feel out of place by saying I do not enjoy using the right. X-T cameras because I have an option with the X-Pro. Oh. Um, but the fact is, the brutal fact is, the X-T4 is technologically a far better camera than the X-T3 and X-Pro3 right now because of the advances in the IBIS system. So this was built built around stylized body rather than the requirement to definitely have two bodies. Yeah, the X-T range was. Yeah, absolutely. So the X-Pro came first, remember, back yeah, in the course. day. The X-Pro 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 X-100 came first. The X-Pro. X-Pro. Yep. In fact, this, is, this week is, is 10 this kind of couple of weeks is the 10 year anniversary of the X pro one being uh, launched um, with the X series 10 years old or something. Anyway. um, Yeah. X pro one came first and then the, uh, which is very rangefinder S wasn't a rangefinder camera. He's not a rangefinder camera. It never has been a rangefinder camera, but rangefinder styled. And then they thought, well, hang on, that's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And we really like this, uh, this new sensor we've got. And bearing in mind, there was only about 22 people in Tokyo that ran with this project. It was pushed back. Uh, yeah. So they ran with it. And then they thought, well, hang on, how are we going to try and get people who, you know, who do actually like the DSLR approach, yeah. are left-eyed, you know, prefer a little bit more uh, of a bigger camera, etc. Let's make another one. And they called that the uh, X-T one. Yeah. They're in the lesson. I still love my X-Pro one. Um, it sat in a in a, a glass cabinet for ages until I dusted it off and thought, will this still... Because the last time I'd used it was in a snowstorm and um, it had got a bit grumpy with me. And I thought, oh, right, okay, I've done that then. Then when I brought it out of its mothballs, it was absolutely fine. I've been using it ever since. Mm. Um, do you still use, your, use yours? Not really. I mean, I... I- I could, but I don't use any cameras at the moment, to be yeah. totally honest with you, apart from when I'm working. Oh, my, my X-Pro one with your 35mm, absolute dream. Right, um, <laughs> your your question from Facebook. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, next question. Paul McKillwing. Right. Uh, I'm not going to say what he says first. Anyway, he says, uh, I'm thinking of getting a secondhand X-H1 for the bigger grip as I use the 100 to 400 millimetre for sports. What's the bit and that he said X- first? I'm intrigued now. He said Happy New Year. And oh, I said, right. I'm not okay. Say Happy New Year anymore. Okay. All right. Uh, it's hard. To, uh, so in the X-C3, it's hard to hold at times, even yeah. with the battery grip. My question is about the X-H1 autofocus. Do you think its autofocus is capable at shutter speeds of 1,600 for fast-moving sports actions such as American football? Mm. Uh, or cricket. <laughs> fast-moving <problems. laughs> cricket. 130th cricket. Fine, no worries at all. Oh, hang on, I just fallen asleep on top of my camera. <laughs> Set it on a quarter. In fact, put uh, it on put it on bulb. Uh, It'll be fine. Yeah, oh no, I've got the winning shot. I've got the winning shot. Oh no, it's just started to rain. It's a draw. <laughs> Tea time. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the? Bring let's out the go sa- get some cucumber sandwiches and leave everybody else outside. Bring out the sandwiches. But meanwhile, Kev, back to the question: XH1. Yeah. So basically, XH1 is it is it fast enough for fast moving sports? Um, I've never used an XH1, so I don't really know. Um, and I have, but X- I've never I've never used it for sports. I mean, it's always been a filming camera for me. So. Yeah, it's it's um, Xtrans two, is it Xtrans two? So the autofocus really is sensor dependent and lens dependent yeah. rather than camera dependent. So I'm guessing this is. I'm thinking this is the same sensor in XT three. It might be XT two even. 
no, well, Carl, um, the second brainiest person in the world, answered the question on the Facebook thread anyway. Yeah. And he said, uh, check out Eric Francis. Uh, Eric Francis over in the USA. Uh, he uses uh, XT3, he thinks, and he shoots NCAA and NFL. What's NCAA? Um, National, is it the car racing? NFL, I know what that is. Uh, anyway, uh, he also mentions that Alan, Alan Hewitt, who we had on the show a few uh, uh, months I know, back. I know uh, what it is. Uh, it's National Carpet Cleaners Association. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't be that. <laughs> NCAA, not uh, oh, NCAA. C-C- NCAA. N-C-C- you look it up while I keep answering the questions. Yeah, okay. Alan Hewitt, um, yeah, yeah, who we had on the show a few weeks back. Yeah, yeah as, Carl, as Carl points out, that he's, he doesn't shoot sports, but he does shoot very fast-moving birds. Yeah. Um, and he uses an XH1 with the uh, 100-400mm to lens. So, you know, I, I always say the questions like this, Paul, honestly, your best bet is to rent. Rent right. one, rent a body, uh, rent the lens you want, take it to a, um, a football game and see what happens. If yeah. it works, great. If it doesn't, don't blame me. NC, NCAA, the FBS, uh, the highest level of college football in the United States. Ah, uh, National College. Yes. 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 I do like American football, I have to say. Uh, well, I like it. I like the time that they play. I went to watch it. Yeah. I've seen it a couple of times, but it's like it takes you eight hours because it keeps stopping and having adverts and sausage rolls and stuff. Sausage rolls, it's a, a bit random, Kev. No, they do. I went. I went to um, uh, in America. I went to Philadelphia. Yeah, and they just kept stopping, like constantly stopping. I understand stopping between moves. Yeah plays as they would call it but they were really stopping so the women and it's not a sexist thing because they were all women would run up and down the steps and try and sell you sausage dogs and hot dogs and things like that oh. and then when they when the all the women had gone back down to the bottom or something right. they would play again it's very commercialized isn't it oh it was done in time with the snacks going out was it yeah i think so oh. well that was my assumption i might be wrong That's but it seemed to be that way a snack break mm. um here's one from carl Britt. Um, hi, Neil. Hi, Kev. I noticed the other day it will soon be illegal to photograph mothers breastfeeding their babies in the UK. I would attach a link, but I wondered if this would get my message snagged by a spam filter. The story, though, is easy to find online. Isn't it a sorry state of affairs when bands like this are deemed necessary? Surely it's normal human decency uh, not to photograph nursing mothers without their permission. Breastfeeding in public is already considered by many to be vulgar and rude. Seedy people taking sneaky pictures certainly doesn't help, considering that some mothers struggle to have the confidence to feed their baby in public when necessary. My wife has a friend who breastfeeds her baby in the toilet when she's out because she's been given hassle for it in the past. Stories like this certainly don't, don't help the next time that we're out in public with a camera, does it? Is this another death knell for photography in public? Another example of some idiots ruining it for everyone else. Apologies for bringing down the mood. All the best. Carl Britt from the Herefordshire Paris border. Lovely, beautiful. Carl is actually a um, a dairy farmer. He changed his life entirely and went into uh, uh, went into farming and dairy farming at that. Well, well this will real life changes. But he's right about that, isn't he? It's a, yeah. It's a such uh, what what. We see it probably quite a lot, Kev, at weddings. I, I certainly do, where breastfeeding is happening and you think, right, okay, move my camera the other way because that's your it's your moment. It's fantastic that you're confident and you're happy to do this uh, in public and that's the way it should be. Uh, but I'm not going to photograph you doing it. Occasionally I have by accident because some women have got a sort of that, that pat down, haven't they? They sort of they know exactly how to do it and it's very difficult to work out that it's actually happening. 
But I, if I do see it and it's an accident, I will make it very obvious that I'm shooting the other direction. Yeah, no, yes, absolutely. I think, first of all, my take on this is like, yeah, I totally agree um, that it's sad. It's sad that it has to become a law for people to understand that it's not the done thing. Yes. You know, that, that, that just, and I have to just think that if people, the people who, uh, would potentially be doing that? Would they take note of a law? Probably yeah. not, because they don't have the capacity in their in in their minds. Probably. Anyway, um, that said, things like weddings and stuff like that. Some of the most powerful pictures I've seen at weddings, like candid pictures, have included breastfeeding. You know, somebody in the background or whatever, or uh, the bride. You know, in during bridal prep, I saw one the other day. I can't remember where I saw it now. I think it was on the WPGA website. Um, bridal prep and she was breastfeeding at the same time and it was an incredible incredible picture but of course you know you do absolutely uh, certainly i would um in that case say you know is it okay yeah. for me yeah. to to shoot this moment but yes other than that yeah i totally agree i'm not sure it's the the, the death there or another nail in the coffin for candid photography i think ugh, maybe it is i don't know maybe it's just a little nail in a, yeah. in a small corner um, Doing the right yeah. thing in the right thing in street photography. Those moments that you think you're, you're respecting people's privacy. The um, yeah, the, that's the, it. The the moments you would and the moments you wouldn't shoot. I think it's you- dead simple. Honest to God, look. If I was if I was the culture secretary, I would make one single law and just says, "Don't be a dick with a camera." That's all you need to an official do. law from Kev the Kev party. That's it. I'll yeah, vote just for you, Kev. Don't be an idiot with a camera. Yeah. We don't need all these micro laws and what you can do, what you can't put on Twitter, which pavement you can't step on, who you can take a picture of, who you can't take a picture of. Just don't be an idiot with a camera and then everybody's fine. I think observing, I, I saw a, a scene the other day. I was filling up with some petrol at the local Texaco along the way. Other petrol stations are available. And um, it's it's a popular place for drop off time for for um, for school for there's a primary school across the way and there's uh, there was a young child in there that clearly oh bless her heart she didn't want to go to school and mm. she was crying 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 and 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 there was but there was a really interesting scene I had my X100 on me in the car um, I didn't go and get the the camera out to, to make a picture of that moment but it was a real it was a it's very hard to describe but it was a a really good narrative scene of some of the kids playing and happy and the other ones saying I'm not going and pulling against mum's arm but you wouldn't photograph it some people would you know and some people have in the past and and some of the, and those kinds of pictures have become you know Trish Murtha for example that kind of picture she would have taken and and is now an important statement but yeah I wouldn't you're right but um, I wonder if I'm thinking uh, um very in in a kind of um I'm thinking as a man perhaps Perhaps, Ooh. yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't have felt comfortable making that picture, but you're right. There, yeah. there is a different, you know. There is that is a there is a for all that um, the world is is becoming more aligned on gender, quite rightly. There is still this um, perception that if you're a male and you're a camera, and you know, if you're a male and a camera, um, and you have a camera, if you have a camera and you're a male and you're out in the public, yeah, then you know you you've got more chance of being a dodgy person than yeah. if you're a woman. And, and the fact that both of you and I would immediately think, well, I can't really take that picture, you know, not because I don't want to take that picture, but because of the perception that it will will happen. Um, and you knowing full well that you would not, you know, it's not a negative thing. It's not a, uh, you know, it wouldn't be used for any negative processes. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem for me, you know. So um, I'm personally feeling it more and more, Kev, when I'm out making pictures, particularly with my my walks for the photo walk thing I, I think oh, 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 I, well that would be good but so 
focusing on trees i can't upset anybody um right let's um let's have this week so we're going we're dipping back into the archive this week for uh, another one of our, our our interviews before we start a new series kev <laughs> of interviews and um i thought actually this week we'd uh, we'd hear once more from chris floyd who we featured reasonably recently actually uh, for a book of the week um the book that he made he photographed about the uh, supergroup The Verve. So this week, it's photographer Chris Floyd. So you arrive in London during the poll tax riots, and the next thing, you're, you're moving between the most glamorous, as far as I see it, the most glamorous European cities photographing the kind of people who frequent the pages of Vogue and Sunday supplements. But it, it can't have been that easy, surely. I did actually move. I left home and moved to London on the day of the poll tax riots, and um, it was March 1990. I had a job, in a assisting job, in a studio in the King's Road, a rental studio, and I worked there for about two months. And they used to let the assistants use the studio for their own shoots at weekends and evenings and stuff when it was empty. And I used, I used a studio in the building to do my own shoot one Sunday, and we finished really late, about midnight, and kind of half tidied up. And then I just thought, I'll, I'll just come in really early tomorrow and finish it before anyone else comes in. So I came in at like at six o'clock the next morning and I've no idea why, but one of the owners had decided to come in even earlier than me and um, saw the absolute mess the place was in and basically I got sacked on the spot. Um, that was a quite a quite a trouble trying time because then you know I was I'd left home only a couple of months earlier I was trying to stand on my own two feet I was you know yeah you know and it wasn't, it wasn't like getting paid a fortune I was getting like 80 quid a week or something like that in 1990 and um so I was then you know really had to swim very hard to, to try and keep myself to not have to go home with my tail between my legs, back to my, back to Surrey. But but they're they're those pivotal moments. I remember uh, John Swanell uh, mentioning that he got a, a break, an opportunity to assist for Bailey, and the first thing he did was was drop his camera on the floor and smash it into pieces. Um, but but it's moments like that 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 make you. Uh, they are, and it's uh, it's kind of um, serendipitous that you mentioned John Swanell because. The first person that I got some freelance assisting work off was John Swanell. Um, he won't remember me because I, I mean, I, it was his like second or his first assistant hired me or called me. Uh, I'd, I think I had sent a CV in or something like that. He called me and I came and assisted on something. I can't remember what it was. Um, and then I went back and assisted maybe 10 or 12 times over over like a six month period. Uh, it was him that uh, gave me my first freelance assisting opportunity. And from there, I then started to get more f assisting work with some quite good people, actually. Um, and I, you know, I, I just learned bit by bit. The, the things I learned actually from assisting, the, 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 I'll tell you what, I didn't really learn so much about, I didn't learn positive things actually about photography from being an assistant. But I learned what I think of as quite negative things. I saw, I was working for people who were, you know, I was 21 and I was assisting people who were maybe in their mid 40s to late 50s. And what I saw, I, there were great people and then that, there were also people I assisted and I'm, I don't want to mention any names, but there were people I assisted who were just jaded 
and cynical and tired and bored of it and unwilling to put themselves out on a limb and try new things. And I realised that at that young age, I realised how dangerous that was for your for your your sanity and as well as your career and your attitude towards how to go about work you you have to I learned that you have to maintain a little semblance of naivety in your work you know the a spirit of adventure and and to not be afraid to try new things on a shoot even if it's like a big commercial shoot do the thing that you know will work and then set aside half an hour and just try something for the sake of trying it now look at your your work is it who's who of portraits and i see attenborough and mccartney and bowie and oasis and dare i mention him in the same sentence even piers morgan but it occurs to me that um you know another day at the office for chris floyd is a newcomer's idea of made it tick off list nothing else to achieve here i mean we we've talked about grounding on the show before what keeps you grounded oh lots of things um th- those those names that you mention are it's it's like a shallow endorphin hit when someone calls you to to commission you to to do someone like Paul McCartney, you get, yeah, you get really excited. Oh my God, I'm so excited about doing Paul McCartney. I'm a massive Beatles fan. But then uh, once it's been and gone, you still have to worry about, you know, paying the mortgage, paying your bills, getting more work. Um, you know, all of that stuff. It's a, it's it's no different from any other form of self-employed life. At the end of the day, we are we are people like us are self-employed freelance contractors. What's the secret to, to longevity in, in what can be a you know a very tight and very competitive space? You know, I started doing photography when I was about fourteen, and it was a it was a hobby for the first I don't know six seven years. It was my it was just a hobby I did after school and at weekends and stuff, and. You have to remember that for that that period of time, the only reason you did it was because you just wanted to do it. You weren't doing it for money and you weren't doing it for glory or fame or anything like that. You were just doing it because you liked the smell of the chemicals in the darkroom and you liked the way a print appeared when you started knocking a piece of paper around in a tray of developer. And you liked all those things and you have to remember that's why you the thing that you loved about it in the first place. And then you have to apply that to the way you go about your work on a on a daily, weekly, monthly basis at the age we're at now, which is to be enthusiastic. And also, uh, you want people, because I photograph people, I want people to leave m- my company at the end of the day and think that was a really great day. Um, that That's in the positive column of my, of my time on earth. I'd really like to spend time with him again. It's very much like being an entertainer, doing doing what we do or what my type of work in that when I'm photographing someone uh, I very much feel like I'm on a stage and my job is to is to uh, is to bring the subject which in in this case I think of as almost like the audience is to keep the audience engaged and kind of upright in their seat and excited and 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 thrilled to be at the show and and not wanting the show to end and particularly actually this applies much more in a way to people who are used to having their photo taken a lot so famous people or people who are politicians or actors or musicians or you know any anyone who's used to it and for them it is not an exciting thrilling uh, participatory sport for them it's often a chore and slightly awkward and tedious. 
Um, so what I try to bring to, to it is a sense of occasion and a sense of fun, I suppose. I want them to be intrigued by me as much as I'm intrigued by them. So you're, you're, you're an extrovert then. So, so many photographers describe themselves as introverts. If you're, if you're the ringmaster, you're the extrovert. No, but that, this is the thing. You see, I'm, in real life, I'm an awful introvert. I'm a dreadful introvert. And it's only, it's only when I go to work, when I put my photographer hat on, that I have to kind of put on this cloak, a coat of extrovert, extrovertism. Uh, and it's, a, it's not a struggle, but it's, it's, you know, it's an effort to become that person, to become this alter ego. And that's incredible when you look at the, the, the list of the people you do meet and, and those that you will have to communicate with and get on with very quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's like a sort of you have a relationship on steroids with people. It's a, it's a fundamentally, because you're in gen, you're try, the image that you, you make or the pictures that you produce, you're, you're, you're trying to engender intimacy from a situation that is that's fundamentally artificial. You know, that everything about a photo shoot is fake. The lights are fake, you know, the, the scenario is fake. And yet what goes on within the four walls of that frame is anything but fake. If you know how to do it right, you can make it feel as natural as the weather. Now, it's not exactly a new departure, but I wanted to focus a little on the filming side of what you do. Do you, do you, do you think flicking that button to film mode is an aspect that can haunt your business if you fail to engage with it? I mean, you've engaged with it and you've been extraordinarily successful by doing it. Um, I don't, well, I've, I've kept to a very small, you know, I'm not making uh, Alien 5. <laughs> I mean, there's a simplicity to, to I mean, things like, can, can a robot do your makeup for Starlist? And the one that I, I originally, I remember watching it, um, oh, a good few years back now, the, the ones that you did for Porter. Well, they were the first things I did, really. That, that was... Um, they, were, they were great. I pitched those, the idea of those to, to Mr. Porter and... Um, Jeremy Langmead, who was the, the boss of Mr. Porter, just kind of, we had a meeting for about five minutes, told him what the idea was. I had actually made a test film with a friend of mine called Patrick Grant, who's a tailor on Savile Row. So I did one of him getting dressed, and then I showed that to Jeremy Langmead at Mr. Porter. So I had a, I had a sample, and he watched it. I mean, the time it took him to watch it, which was about two and a half minutes, and he went, great, let's go and make, uh, let's make six. I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, oh, okay. He goes, yeah, yeah, and then I'll put you in touch with my deputy, and we'll go from there. And then we did, and we did, uh, we did, we ended up doing, we did six, and then we did six more, and then I, we did about 30. But from being a photographer with pretty much 100% input to, to making films where storyboarding and collaborative remits start to play out, how much do you... I mean, it sounds with the Porter one, you were Mr Porter, you obviously did get to steer the ship creatively. Is, is it often like that when you're making film work? No, it's not. It's, um, it's much more convoluted in terms of time spent uh, before in pre-production. It's time you spend discussing it months often. Um, because on the day, the day of the shoot, you've got to make sure you've, that everything is buttoned down and as it should be and how you want it to be, you know. So, I, I mean, I did a job for a Swiss bank last year and it was shooting, um, it was two, two different 30-second spots. Uh, one was with a family of five, so mum and dad and three kids, and then there was another one with a mum and dad and one young toddler. And um, you know you you end up you end up spending sort of two hours discussing what kind of bowl the toddler will be eating his 
mashed no. banana out of, you know. So, and everyone's got an opinion on it. So often you spend a lot of time discussing props and things like that. So it's 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 much, because it because the camera moves and it goes all over the place. You've got to think of it as it's a multi-layered thing, whereas um, still stills imagery is is two-dimensional and 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 moving images three-dimensional you know you've got you've got to factor in time there's an irony here because you made the campaign for phillips so the concept was um well the tag was uh, what was it simplicity is is an espresso machine that makes a coffee expert out of anybody and and i just thought actually taking that analogy and applying it to photography and filmmaking does the the, the democratization of photography the you know, the proliferation of boxes, Chris, that you can use to make an image, the amazing standard of many of the new photographers that you've you, you've already alluded to. Does that keep you awake at night? Do you think about rugs being pulled? Because um, but, uh, I mean, to, you, to use um, Tom Stoddart as an example of a, an interview we did earlier on, um, saying he felt frustrated that sometimes the younger guys and girls get gifted the grants for their, their supposed new ideas because it's perceived that the, the mature guys don't have anything new. Do, do, does that keep you awake at night? Um, it doesn't keep me awake, but it does. It's just the nature of life on Earth. It's you know there are always younger creatures coming up behind the older creatures. I, th- I listened to the Tom, your Tom Stoddart one actually, I, and that really did really resonate what he said about the, about the young and the old. It's youth versus experience, isn't it? And then that ties back in again to the thing I said when we started talking earlier about maintaining that sense of naivety and exploration in your work, because there's no reason why you can't be older and still have a young attitude and mindset in the way you go about your work. I mean, one of the things I've really noticed a lot, I mean, when I looked at the Taylor Wessing winners this year, you know, one of the things that really occurred to me is, is, is how prevalent the, 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 fil- the use of film is now. And people like us who grew up in the film era and then had to deal with learning digital quite quickly um, and then, obviously, we've kind of absorbed it, learnt it. Now we're comfortable with it. You know, and I do still have all my film cameras. And the, and the one film camera I probably use more than any is my large format, five, 4x5. Why that particular one? Oh, I just like pottering around with it. You know, I like the, I like the process. It's, it's the one thing you can't get from, from using di- the digital system is 5.4 or 10.8. But um, I do think that uh, there is a fetishization of film that is that alludes to um, what I think of as as pe- the pe- oh, that people are people are using it as a as a metaphor for having a soul, and they're saying uh, you know so people who are re- have re- young people who really embrace film, it's because young people have grown up in they're entirely digital natives now. The young they've they've just grown up with digital their whole lives, um, so it's ubiquitous for them. So the idea of latching onto film or playing vinyl records is another one. It's a way of saying, well, you know, I'm thinking about it a little bit deeper than you are. Yeah. But if you're like us and you grew up in the era of film, then there's nothing that kind of magical about it. To me, it's a bit like the, it's a bit like the Wizard of Oz. It's like, oh, come on, it's just a bloke around the back on a bike. So the, the thing I was going to say about Taylor Wessing was that there's, there's a kind of embracing of almost what I think of, I don't know, can I say, I'm going to swear now, but there's, um, there's an embracing of, the, of an almost a slightly shit looking aesthetic mm. where everything's a bit shonky and slightly off and, the, you know, the, the, it's physically slightly wonky and it's it's very kind of basic and it's just like people shooting daylight and on, and on camera flash but it's 
I'm not seeing a lot of work shot on film that is in, that's particularly complex technically. You know, where where it's very cl- it's been lit in a, an amazingly clever way, um, because to try and do use very complex lighting setups now without the crutch of a digital a digital setup, I'd be reluctant to do that. So so the fil- the shot on film for the hash the film's not there and hashtag thing and all that. All the pictures, it's just daylight. It's just people taking pictures in daylight mainly. And that's not hard. So I'll be really impressed when I can see people who are obsessing about film shooting really complex things on film. It seems appropriate um, that I, I should mention it because whenever I approach photographers for an interview, I feel a little duty-bound to say that I'm approaching them not for the kit but for them. <laughs> and I did with you, Chris. And, and then you, you fire back an email saying, but I do shoot Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're also a Fujifilm shooter, XT2 and X100T. I, I remember you said. Yeah, because it was the tone of your email was almost like yeah, but you don't. It's just it's not all about Fuji <laughs> and everything. I was like, no. and I just wanted to say because I bought a Fuji, I bought a 100T X100T completely on a whim. Um, I can't remember where I was. I bought just literally bought it. It was a complete impulse buy. Bought it, started using it. Really, really loved it thought it was fantastic and, I, and I, the first the first couple of weeks i had it i i found it quite tricky in that you know i was because of the i was using the screen on the back um and i wasn't used to that but once i kind of got the hang of composing and taking pictures by using using this with this treating the screen as an advantageous thing then i realized i was taking pictures in a completely different way to how i take my pictures with my other cameras with, with a canon 5d or my 10.54 plate camera it's just another way it's it's like you're seeing the world in a different through a different set of eyes almost so is the 5d3 your your usual your usual professional weapon of choice it is but i use them both actually i use the the xt2 and the 5d the xt2 i love using because i've got a 56 mil lens on it and i absolutely love using it at f1.2 because my canon lens is the widest canon lens i've got is i think an f2 but I love using the Fuji in the studio with studio lighting, but at tons and tons of neutral density gels on the lights, and then um, and then shoot at 1.2. So you do use it professionally? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks to Chris Floyd, and of course, it's uh, only a little while since we uh, we mentioned his book. It was Kev's book of the week, The Verve, uh, wasn't it? Which documents the time that Chris spent with uh, this giant of music in 96 and 97. If you'd like a little more Mullins in your life, and let's face it, who wouldn't, then tune in, as they say, in Radio Parlance to his country music show, which is on incapablestaircase.com this and every Thursday at 3.30 UK time in the afternoon. Kev, as his alter ego, Country Boyo, will delve deep into classic and contemporary country, folk roots and acoustic music. And then on Fridays, I take a walk out with you on a very different kind of podcast, The Photo Walk, which is on Photography Daily, the podcast. Just you, just me, our cameras, letters from a mailbag about the why rather than the how of photography. We talk about what making pictures means to us and how how it emotionally and mentally helps us too, which is very, very relevant this Friday as I talk to my guest Nils Armelinks, a Belgian living in the Lake District of England, who's found photography once again as he documents his cycle adventures, conquering mountains, valleys and steep hills, chasing the sunrise and sunsets. He's uh, 
a very special photographer indeed, having been diagnosed with advanced stage 4 bowel cancer four and a half years ago, and given at the time five years by doctors. His story is truly awe-inspiring for all manner of reasons. When you're opening your mind and you're kind of like looking at the little details of the world around you, and you're actually making your brain work a little bit and process more, it does seem like time slows down a little bit. And, you know, in my situation, that's obviously really rather crucial. Nils Armelinks is my very special guest on Friday on Photography Daily, The Photo Book, available on all podcast players and online at the new website address we have, photowalk.show. Right, back to your questions. Kev, Facebook. Okay, um, Sue Sayer. Hello, boys. Have you come, <laughs> boys? Have you come across the terms percussion testing, percussion reset, or mechanical agitation? Have you? Oh. Does that make any sense to you, Neil? Well, it's it sounds there is more to this question. Dangerously close to chemistry lessons from years ago. Steve Steve, employ- Steve Vaughan would know about this, wouldn't he? Steve would. Yeah, yeah. I employed this method. He's probably too busy watching cricket. Though. <laughs> uh, I employed I employed this method just yesterday when I had to abandon a photo walk due to what transcribed transpired to be a stuck mechanical shutter. Oh. Having made it past the panic and the oh my god, what's happened stage after my return home, I removed the lens to see what I thought was yeah. the shutter stuck down. I found a four which was quite specific on how the above method should be performed. I did as was suggested and all was well in an instant. As a shooter of something long exposure and high speed, I was wondering which of the types of shutter combinations should be used as there's quite a choice on the X-T3. When the shutter got stuck, I was on mechanical plus electronic. I have now changed to electronic front plus mechanical, but I don't really know which is the best shutter type to use. I was quite happy on the mechanical plus electronic, but don't want this to keep happening. Should it be looked at by the menders to see if there's a problem that a gentle but firm thud on the top of the manual <laughs> yeah, can't See, fix? that's the approach I would take, Sue. Uh, Great, on, uh, on, on the top, and oh, it seems to work now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's, that's tickled you, isn't it? Percussion reset, mechanical agitation. Well, thank, yeah, but, but thank heavens there are whole forums for stuff like that because uh, it means you can go and find a cure for anything. Yeah, so, well, no, there are lots of different shutter combinations you can use. I'll answer that bit first. Um, I have mine, always have had mine in M plus E, never take it out unless I'm doing it specifically that I need it in, in uh, either electronic or mechanical. Uh, so, for example, during the service, church services, I will almost always, especially on the X-T4, which doesn't seem to have any issues with the band in, yeah. um, switch to electronic shutter. Other than that, straight into mechanical and electronic. That allows me to shoot at my fast apertures in bright daylight, if I so wish. All my cameras have been stuck in M plus E for decades and none of them have broken none of my my shutters or sensors or things have fallen out of it so i can't say that i've had to i've had a percussion reset or a mechanical agitation i had some kind of agitation the other day it wasn't very nice but i don't think it was a mechanical one um and you get you get cream for that kev um so yeah i don't i also don't think my my camera needs a percussion testing no but uh yeah i so i think it's just bad luck um, you can. I, I, I agree with you, Sue. That it's great that there are forums there and places that will will give you very technical advice and help. And in this case, it worked, which is great. Yeah, yeah. But also, there are a lot of uh, you know very specific people out there that will you know tell you that if you shoot in a particular uh, I don't know in this case a particular shutter type, then you might get an extra one percent of life out of your your shutter in the future. Yeah. I think life's a little bit too short to be worrying about that, frankly. Um, this is one from Jason. Well, it just says MC, Mook. Jason Mook. I'm, well, maybe it's MC Jason. MC Maybe it is. 
in that room. Hi, James and Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Either I'm in trouble (laughs) or I've made absolutely no impression on you. (laughs) Thanks for your podcast, giving us inspiration for a healthy outlet in strange times. These are strange times. Yada, 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 he says. Fujifilm is famous for high-contrast film-looking moody pictures. Does Fujifilm attract a certain type of person looking for that kind of image, do you think? Uh, (laughs) When you are are wanting a warmer, brighter photo, what simulation and settings do you use? Thanks from Jason in uh, Australia. He said as a PS here, Kev, you know what's coming. Have you ever been to Australia? The beaches, barbecues, snakes and sharks are ready for you with fun <laughs> ashes games to watch too. Look more cricket, Kev. <laughs> I, I could, uh, maybe next time James goes, I'll come with him. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'll ask him. When are you going, uh, James? I don't know. I was thinking about going soon. <laughs> what do you think, Kev? Um, that's an interesting question, actually, isn't it? Does, it? does it attract a certain type of person looking for a kind of image? Um, I would have thought more, more about. I would have thought it was more about a certain type of person that wants to work with smaller cameras and yeah, um, that's yeah, that's what I would think. I think it's more about people attracted to smaller types of cameras who are typically street photographer type people, reportage type people who are typically attracted to black and white, etc., yeah. uh, etc. Et I think there's it's that kind of six degrees of separation yeah. essentially with the the type of person. But yeah, I mean, to answer the question about um, if you want a light and airy picture, then simulation-wise, you, you've got uh, Velvia, Astia, both of those. But, you know, you uh, a lot of people will be shooting raw and editing yeah. in, accordingly. Um, in, the, in, the days when yeah. you, in the days when you have shot JPEG, um, which, which I, I know you did, Kev, for a, mm. for a while, would you have changed your simulation according to um, different scenes and what, what you wanted to show within your, your photographs? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I had all my custom settings set up for different times, times of the day, different almost you're a, like moods. You're a big classic Chrome fan, aren't you? Yeah, I love classic Chrome. All of my stuff is based on classic yeah, Chrome. Yeah, I, I can see that, yeah. Yeah, it's quite an interesting conversation yeah. piece. Well, he, he's very keen to watch um, Ashes reruns with you when you go. I, think, <laughs> I, I, I bet he is. I think you'd, yeah. ra- you'd rather take on the snakes and the sharks, wouldn't you? I'd rather. I, do you know what I'd rather do? I'd rather go to an outback pub full of Australians yeah. and ask for a non-alcoholic beer. That's what I prefer to do than watch cricket. All right, because yeah. that one of those leads to certain death. <laughs> And it'll be an easier way out. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, we got a book of the week this week, um, which we, we didn't yeah. mention at the start of the show. We we got headlong into other things, didn't we? We went headlong into other things. But book of the week, Kev, um, what what have you got for us? Book of the week. It's simply called Michael Stipe. Oh, right. The, uh, the REM guy. Yeah. Okay. It is the end of the world as we know it, if we are watching cricket. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, Michael Stipe. So, what happened? Well, Michael Stipe, um, I don't know if you knew this, but before he became the, um, before he formed REM, was a a student and he studied photography and ah, printing and yes. painting yeah. and all of those kind yeah. of things. Yeah. So uh, he, during lockdown, this is actually a third edition of his ph- photography. Now, the reason why I ended up with this book was um, as a member of the Martin Parr Foundation, Martin had Michael Stipe on a Zoom. Um, so if you're a member of the Martin Parr Foundation, you can hop on these Zoom conversations he yeah. has with photographers. And he's there, is he? he- and one of them was, uh, yeah, so he did, uh, so uh, Michael Stipe was there about two weeks ago. Right. Oh, um, wow. 
however, I forgot to log on, so I missed it. Basically, oh, oh. we we had a mattress. We had, we were having a new mattress delivered, and then it didn't turn up. And even and so we'd lugged our old mattress downstairs, which right. is not easy in a wiggledy woggledy cottage. And then the new mattress didn't turn up, so we had to take our old mattress back upstairs, which is not easy in a wiggledy woggledy cottage. No. And by the time I'd done that, I'd totally forgotten about the Michael Stipe Zoom um, conference oh, call. Oh, what a shame. Yes, so I missed that. And uh, however, I did buy the book from the Martin Power Foundation because I thought it was quite interesting. And interesting is probably the word I would give it. I'll read you the blurb on the uh, on the background of it. This is the third photo-based chapter of the Damiani series. Damiani is the uh, publisher. Uh, Michael Stipe explores through strength, courage, and vulnerability, um, pausing the project abruptly due to COVID-19 pandemic. What follows is a lockdown interpretation of a 21st century portrait with a resolute desire to show our resilience, our humour, our collective fortitude, and our adaptability. It then goes on to say, through unique QR codes, the book is enriched by free audio content, which deepens and enhances the discovery of the images. Scanning the QR codes opens access to the making of anecdotes and the intention behind the book as told by Stipe. So let me tell you that uh, I did try one of the QR codes and didn't work. So, but that may well be because, uh, I don't know, I did it wrong or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, I'm quite keen to to explore the QR code uh, route because I think if you just pick this book up in a, um, in a bookshop, you might possibly put it back. I'm not saying that the pictures are uninteresting. Some of that, especially the portraits, I actually really like, but there's a lot of very abstract art in this uh, book that you might wonder a little bit about. Doesn't mean it's not a worthwhile addition to your bookshelf because I think it will actually be in who he is and be in the subject matter will uh, will go up in value for a start as an investment. But I would say that it's a book that is marmite. Let's just say a bit like Martin Parr himself. You either love it or you hate it. Uh, I'm kind of in the middle with this book. I love. I absolutely love some of the the portraits and the candids that are in there. Um, some of the rest of it. Not so much. I'm struggling a little bit with the understanding of it. And so that is why I need to start digging around in the in the behind the scenes bits. Um, Just so I've got this right, are these pictures that that these is this his collection from a career, a a time taking making? No, it's not, is it? This is the latest stuff only. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty random. Uh, Let's just say that. But then. You know, he's a musical genius, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's just a, an artist from well, from the heart outwards. Well, when, so, when he spoke uh, to the uh, the Guardian, uh, which was um, a few months before, a good few months before lockdown, um, he was talking about his photographic passion, and uh, he's taken, he's made thirty seven thousand photographs of stars, lovers, and Kurt Cobain's hands. A beautiful picture of River Phoenix asleep from ninety three. Wow, yeah. and he's got an eye, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So that's in some of the other books. Yeah, that, that's yeah. not so much in this current no, edition. No, no. that's why but I yes. wanted to check whether whether it included any of these these particular. No, um, you, you know, you have to you have to take your your hat off to people. Whether you, you know, the good the good thing about music and the good thing about photography is it is subjective. I like music that a lot of people don't. Um, I like photography that a lot of people don't and vice versa. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the beauty of it. Um, it is available on the Martin Parr, um, shop. It's also available in, uh, other good retailers, Amazon and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, we won't link to it in the show notes this week, but maybe in a couple of years time, when I get around to this show on <laughs> Squarespace, you'll see the link. <laughs> uh, Chris Leyland has, uh, written in, 
Uh, my uh, Hi, thanks for the podcast. It seems appropriate to say blah, blah, blah at the start of this. But anyway, here's my first question. He's got a few questions. We could, we could run this as a series, Kev, um, a, across a few weeks. How scratched can a lens be until you see it affecting the picture? I ask because uh, a few a few lenses that are classed as heavily used um, and have a note on them stating there are several marks and scratches to the front elements, some of which may have an, a, an effect on the image rendered. So he's talking about uh, purchasing off uh, off MPB actually in in this particular case, and they do they they say you know you can buy stuff that's it's as good as new, um, or you can buy stuff that is well used. I know Kev isn't that delicate, says Chris, with his lenses. Um, so he may be uh, a bit more experienced in this area. He's suggesting, Chris Leyland is suggesting that you, uh, you you give your lenses a hard time. So what, what have you noticed when they've got scratches and stuff? Do they affect your images, Kev? Because you don't, you don't use don't dividers, think, do you? I don't think my lenses are scratched. Oh, I mean, Kev, look in your bag now. <laughs> they may not be scratched, but they, they certainly don't look brand new. You know how you can look in some people's bags and the lenses you think, oh, when did you get that? Last week. Oh, I've had it. No, I've had it three years. <sighs> Honestly, I I can't look in my camera bag right now because I, I don't know where it is. No. Frankly. Um, I'm not even sure if it's here or at home. Um, but, yeah, on it, well, I don't, I have no, I do notice if I'm shooting at like uh, F16 or something, if I'm doing a, you know, a venue shot or whatever, yeah. and then I'll notice dust on the sensors. But, I can't honestly. I really don't. I would notice a scratch in my lenses, and yes, I don't look after my camera like some people would wish I would. Um, but <laughs> you get I, they're not scratched. That. No, no, they're uh, not scratched. Well, it's right. I think down, it's right, right quite down. hard to scratch. How, how, right. So let me ask you this question: How would you scratch a lens? I suppose bashing into things, um, dropping it. Um, Moving past people and scratching it across a chair. So I don't. I've not done it. I've never dropped a camera. No. Never dropped. A, I have dropped a, a lens, but it was in my Canon days. Didn't break. Was Throw it, throwing fine. stuff into a camera bag. Maybe it just catches the edge. Well, I do throw things in camera bags, <laughs> yes, but I know you do I that. Don't, I don't worry. It doesn't. They're not scratched. Well, Basically, well, yeah, they're not scratched. Okay. Next question. Um, well, it leads on to his next question. Can you actually buff out scratches on lenses? Well, you've you've not had to try, Kev. By the time I've seen people doing it on YouTube with turtle wax. And glass wax with a Dremel. A Dremel? Uh, yeah, uh, that's a chemical, isn't it? I don't know. Might be able to. I mean, you can, yeah, you can get rid of scratches on cars, but I suppose glass is slightly different. But then don't, you know, you, can't you call out those, um, what do they call it? The uh, window blokes that come and do your cars. If you've got a little stone <laughs> no, scratch on your car. I'm not I'm not calling uh, auto glass to come yeah, and... Yeah, <laughs> auto glass. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, bong. We're not, here to fix your lens. Yeah, I'm not sure that they'd be properly set up for that, Kev. But if they can do it to glass windshields, then they probably could do it to lenses. Not them particularly, but the technology probably is there. Um, there's a list of questions here. Shall I just crack on with his list? I, I, I haven't got a clue what he's talking about with this one. How are you, Neil? He says, getting on with the Margate Collective, your photography WhatsApp group. I, I don't have a Margate Collective. What's the Margate Collective, Kev? No idea. <laughs> Next question. If you could share a photography account that you've come across on Instagram or Facebook or a website that you like each week. I know there's a lot of amazing photographers out there that don't play to the Instagram algorithms, so they don't get the, the, the attention they deserve. That's a nice idea, actually. Could you share a photography account that you come across each week? Because every week I'm finding new stuff. Let me start with one now. I've been looking at this one. Jez Riley French. Have you ever heard of Jez Riley French? No. Is this on Instagram? 
No, this is a website. So it doesn't have to be Instagram. It could be a website, Facebook website, Instagram. He makes these uh, fantastic pictures, but he records his pictures in audio. Clearly, this is going to be something that interests me anyway. I was introduced to this. And... Uh, yeah, he he. he um, I don't know whether he's the inventor of it, but but he uh, made the the hydrophone. Do you know what a hydrophone would be? Did we talk about this last week? I don't think we did. I, I think I'm looking at a different website, Chris. Je, no, Jez Riley French. Jez, JezRileyFrench.co.uk. Yeah, that's the one. For example, he has Jez Riley French microphones. So hydrophones. Hydrophones are what you you place. You can drop this microphone into the water. And you can hear the most amazing sounds. There we go, you're doing it. Yeah. I know I'm in the right place, yeah. So he did the um, Green Planet stuff, didn't he? Yeah. I don't, what's that? Is that Thornick Bay? Let me play one, Kev. Let me play one. Listen to this one, Kev. Stop, stop your one, Kev. I'm not playing it. Aren't you? Oh, is it me? I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I want, what's going on? It's you. You're doing. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I promise you. Oh, it was me. Unless just being on his website makes music. It does. I've just figured uh, that out. He's never done it before. Uh, <laughs> Go to the one where he drops his hydrophone into the water and listens to razor clams. <laughs> that is fantastic. That's amazing. Uh, I don't know where that. It is a very peculiar website. Yeah. I don't really. I can't, I can't say I'm digging the website. I have to say no. <laughs> um, but I. <laughs> it's very confusing but but that's the sort of thing i mean visiting new website in websites instagram accounts facebook etc um that's exactly what he's talking about though yeah no absolutely it's spot on there okay so let's have jez riley french as our new yeah as our first entry into the you must you must go look pile. you must go look at yeah. pile and we'll try and do one every week and we'll pop that one on the show notes that don't exist um <laughs> Next question. Oh, he, he gets he's getting his money's worth here. This could take us to the end of the show, this. Are you happy to do this, Kev? Yeah. Um, next question. Episode 163, Steve Smith interview, when he got stopped by police and had his images checked. I felt heartbroken for him. I understand the point of view of whichever member of the public reported him. I, I don't think they were being ma- malicious, just concerned, but it's heartbreaking and frustrating that it's uh, now what people assume in the world we live in. Your thoughts? Me, personally, I think I'd find it uh, hard to take the camera out of the house again. I'd, I'd probably only ever do... Well, OK. Would you find it... If you if you got arrested and had your images checked, would that, would that be the death knell for your photography, Kev? I wouldn't feel... Yeah, it would it would knock me because I'm the kind of person that would my confidence would be knocked. Yeah, um, he said I'd probably only do still lives after that. A bit like me with my trees there, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I I have to say, you know, and and my my appetite for the world of street photography at the moment is is not as strong as it once was. Mm. Is that your way of canning our trip to London, Kev? <laughs> no, 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 no. I've got, I've still, my workshops are back online and everything. So that's all good. But I, I, you know, I still, I just feel like that, you know, I always ask my, my, um, the people that I go and shoot with, I always say, the first thing I say to them is, you know, what do you want to get out of today? Nearly all of them always say, I want to beat the fear. I want to s- stop worrying that people are going to come up to me and say, are you taking my picture? And that that has become if if the, like five years ago, six years ago, uh, when I was doing these workshops, that wouldn't have, wasn't necessarily a thing. 
yeah. was a less of a thing, put it that way. And now it's like the number one concern of people. And and that's because of this this social dichotomy that we've got now in that, you know, seen with a camera must be a, yeah. somebody terrible, you know. And that's that that's putting a, a bit of a spin on things. It's, so, taking the gloss, uh, it's taking the gloss off. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But but then the other part, you know, the other chimp on my other shoulder is saying, come on, Mullins, that's not you. Get on with it. Yeah. He's also the chimp that's saying, go on, have a bit of whiskey. Go on. <laughs> is he? You can do it. <laughs> no, Kev, no, you're doing so well. Uh, mm-hmm. Next question. I've got a few. Uh, there's two more questions. I've got a few photo essays, projects in my mind, but creative writing is horrendous. For him, he's saying. I can describe something, but the words just sound too clinical. I know you don't have to write in a photo essay, but um, having some context, I believe, does help the viewer. Can you get somebody on the show to help with this? Um, well, maybe we could, but uh, in the meantime, Kev, what about you? What about your writing? Is it something you enjoy doing? See, I love, I love writing. I'm not saying I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm good at it. I just love doing it. And I think if you love doing it, you do it more. You learn more, and, and you you start to express your ways in a in a more practice sense. The same way that if you go out enough with a camera, your pictures are going to get better. You just need to keep writing. And I, I believe that because of a sub-editor I, I, uh, who was my sub-editor years ago uh, who said, um, who said just keep writing. Yeah, I quite enjoy it. I'm not saying I particularly enjoy, you know, writing wedding blogs and stuff like that. I mean, I don't, I don't unlike doing it. Unlike, I don't dislike doing it. Um, I, I can write, but I can't speak. Um, but I do, yeah, I do like, I do, you know, when I'm doing kind of my um, F16 blogs and stuff like that, I quite enjoy that and, and everything. See, Chris- I tell you what, a game saver for me is Grammarly, though. Aha, yes. Yeah, yeah. Grammarly is incredible. I even pay for it. I pay the, I don't know what it is, 99 quid a year or whatever for the for the proper version. So explain, that, explain how it works, Kev, Grammarly. So you, you, I just, I write everything in Grammarly now and it just corrects or tells you what, uh, where you, you know, you've forgotten to put a comma there or this doesn't make sense or what, and it restructures sentences for you. But, and, don't, and but, but, but don't your squiggly lines, your blue and red lines, um, no, do that in, no, in Word? Not really, no. no. I mean, Word has a similar feature now, actually, but... Um, I have Grammarly inter- integrated with uh, with Word and my email system and websites and everything. And it's it's just because you can change the intonations as well. You can change the tone, so you can say, "I want this email to sound very formal," and yeah. it will it will encourage you to change certain words for more formal words. Or I want this email to be um, or this paragraph on my website to be much more fluffy, much more friendly, you know. And it will it will start an in- introducing colloquialisms, all that kind of oh, stuff. It's very very that's clever. very clever. It's very clever. Yeah. It's brilliant. The the reason why. I first adopted it was when I moved my old website from um, WordPress to Squarespace. When was this? Beginning of the first lockdown, I think, wasn't it? I thought, oh, I'll just throw a couple of these pages through Grammarly and see, make sure that I was okay. Mm. Were you in trouble? (laughs) Grade F. Like I was, it was awful. (laughs) Absolutely awful. I was re, and then I was, I was reading, I was thinking, what the heck were you yeah. thinking, Mullins? And probably because I typed it too quickly, didn't think about it. You know, there was apostrophes that shouldn't be there. There was words in the wrong place. There was repeated words, all that kind of stuff. Could it be that also you were writing because you were writing for SEO? No, no, no you don't make spelling mistakes for SEO. You don't do That's repeated true. words. You don't put words in the wrong order for SEO. So it really um, wasn't a bit of a tangle. Yeah, it was just rubbish. So yeah, Grammarly, I put every, and everything then goes through Grammarly. Now it goes through Grammarly. It's great. Yeah. And uh, well, Chris was also asking here about why you place certain images in certain ways and what order within a blog. And I think everybody has a very different, and that's a, such a subjective thing when it comes to layout, layout in, in websites or books, isn't it? 
because you, well, you know this, the books that you love and that you've you've collected, Kev and me, the the layouts are so different, aren't they? There's yep. no there's there's no ABC of how to lay out, is there? No, no, absolutely, yeah. And at the end of the day, you don't want to be doing something to please other people yeah. if it doesn't please you. That's a good, um, yeah, that's a good bit of advice. But writing, right, right, right. Um, next question or last question? Can you send me a free simpler strap? If you don't have them anymore, an XT3 will do. Oh, do you remember those days? I'm sure it will. Well, the simpler straps, that was years yeah. ago now, Kev. Yeah. With J- was, JP, uh, wasn't it? JP, our friend JP from, from Yeah, I still speak to JP. He's still doing well. Yeah, so right? if you – let's give him a bit of a shout-out because he was very good to us. He was. So he was. Simpler straps um, are brilliant. Yeah, I still use almost simplest – simplest – call me drink reception. reception. Simpler straps. <laughs> Yeah, wonderful. And um, yeah, go yeah. buy simpler straps. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Go buy simpler straps. You need to hold yeah. one up at this point and hold it to camera. Yeah. Uh, cheers for, for any help you can give me. Like, uh, like I said, thanks for the podcast. The sound quality is great. Everything else is rubbish. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. <laughs> thanks to Chris Leyland in Northamptonshire. Well, thank you, Chris. Yeah, that, that's probably the longest QA bit we've had, isn't it, Kev? I don't think we've had a question that's quite lasted that long. There's a challenge to you if you can get a multi, multi-question in. Um, so, well, that's it for another week. If um, if you can, now you suggested, Kev, if you, if you listen on, on, um, on Spotify, you said you can now do what? Yeah, you can you can give a star rating to podcasts. I think I can't see it on the desktop app for Spotify, but I think most people listen on their phones. So the the, the mobile app Spotify, you can give a star rating to uh, to podcasts. I'm giving you a five star rating, Kev. Straight away. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um, keep sending your questions in. They are the lifeblood of the show, as we used to say. Click at fujicast.co.uk is the email address. Click at fujicast.co.uk. Um, or you can uh, do you know there's a, a line here on the script where I sort of ad lib around or you can send it through the shiny new website that, that doesn't work anymore but there will be a shinier or, or, or Michael Stipe would have said shiny happy webcast yes. uh, website webcast website coming out soon that almost worked um, thank you to those supporting us uh, by Patreon if you'd like to send a question in by uh, by uh, 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 by Facebook you can do in the in the thread as normal can't you Kev indeed yeah music music from Blue Wednesday supporting music from the incredible artlist.io and we will see you next week bye bye the FujiCast is an independent loading zone production email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way